From the studios here in Omaha, Nebraska, it's time for another edition of The Other Kind Radio, also known as Talk Radio. This is episode 54. It is the 16th of June, and it is the year 2019. It's also Father's Day, so happy Father's Day. We'll get into that in a moment. The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast where pop culture is served to the kind listener like a hot pocket. And no, not the Urban Dictionary version. That's, that's disgusting. My name is Jeff. I'm one of your hosts. If you are a returning kind listener, welcome back. We hope you had a good week and were able to drink from the cup of pop culture and enjoy a little downtime. For those of you who are a first-time listener, congratulations on navigating the podcast maze to find us. We're glad you're here and want you to enjoy the show. As always, we encourage listeners to like, subscribe, rate our show as it helps feed the algorithm, which keeps the podcast universe spinning and our show and its gravitational pull. Make sure you check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and as always, you can contact us via uh, electronic mail if uh, you type info at the other kind radio in the to field of the uh, electronic mail software of your choice. Welcome to today's show. Uh, Before we get into too much of the show, I want to send a shout out uh, to the city of San Antonio. I was there for, I think, 12 days, uh, thanks to a flight cancellation uh, mixed with the College World Series here in Omaha. It took me a couple extra days to get home. But uh, while I was there, uh, I want to thank Tito's uh, for feeding me. Some of the best Mexican food I've had in my life is in San Antonio at a restaurant called Tito's. And then I also want to thank Adelaida and Daniela, who are two of the best bartenders in San Antonio and uh, took very good care of me which uh, leads me to a uh, Jeff's traveling tip. So your traveling tip uh, from Jeff this time is, while there are lots of social media uh, software like Yelp and whatnot that can help you find restaurants and places to go, the best source usually in a town will be the bartenders uh, and uh, servers in your city as they live there and they know a little bit more and they're not uh, necessarily having an agenda. So big travel tip there if you're traveling. Check with your bartender on where to go and what are good places to check out. Um, on today's show, uh, Todd's take is going to be on uh, the new Elton John movie, Rocket Man. I'm going to talk about a Netflix uh, movie that's called I Am Mother. And on center stage, we're going to jump into E3 2019. Uh, a lot happened. Or you could even say a lot of nothing happened uh, at E3 this year. But we're going to kind of break that down and give you an update so you can uh, find out what's happening in the video game world and pop culture world uh, right here on the show. Now, enough of me rambling. Let's get on the better half of the show. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he is a make He's a movie maker, guitar. I'm going to give myself a big thank you very much. He is a movie maker, guitar player, drum major, book author, and all-around renaissance man live from his studio somewhere in Dallas, Texas. Let's welcome on Todd. Todd, can you hear us? Are you there? God, keep it down. Keep it down. Look, I, I'm here. I'm here. Yes, yes, I'm here with you. Jeff, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome, welcome. Uh, it's been it's been Do a couple we weeks. Those kids stored away somewhere because isn't that kind of gross and illegal? What? 
It's just a sound file. I know. Oh, I, told, I, li- I, li- I lied to you. I'm sorry. I didn't know if it was a closet door you're opening. <laughs> so it's been a couple of weeks due to work and some other stuff. How are you doing? It's good to see you. What's, what's happening in Todd's world? Well, right now I'm getting one of those robocallers where it, it says ah. it's coming from Brazil. Yes. So let me make that go away. <laughs> you know what? Todd's world is is okay jeff yeah i've had a pretty good couple of weeks a little little crazy with work and whatnot but it's you know nothing compared to the the global jet setter that you are (laughs) bopping around and anytime i i text you i i never know where to expect you'll be yeah it's it's been crazy but it's been a six month run of uh events uh every month and now it's starting to slow down, so that'll help the show. I've got some. I've still got to finish getting the new studio set up and uh, some new toys I got. One of which I can uh, I can now, whenever I want. So I say, Todd, you know what? You can go yourself because you're a great guy. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but uh, <laughs> all right. So I want to I want to get back to the part of the intro of the show. Hot pockets. Where 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 is their placement in 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 Todd's world? I never ever really liked them. I never quite understood them. Yeah, they were they were kind of popular. I've had my fair share, but it's been at least ooh, I don't know five six years since I've had a hot pocket. And don't go don't Google the Urban Dictionary version of hot pocket. It's uh, it's a little scary. I you know I don't even know what it would be, but it sounds terrifying. <laughs> All right, um, a, a couple other things I thought about you uh, the last couple of weeks and going on. So did you did you have any any particular feelings about the finals for the NBA or hockey? I mean, uh, you know, you saw Toronto won, you saw St. Louis won. Was that a yay or was it a eh? uh, NBA? I I don't need that. Does it register with me? I just I see it. And oh, hey, they still play basketball. Um, <laughs> hockey. I do love me some hockey. Yeah. I had originally been pulling for Boston because I had a very dear friend who's fairly recently departed this world and was a big Boston fan. So I was pulling for them. However, when St. Louis wins its first cup in their long history, I go, okay, that's pretty cool. Then I have to ask, did you see the viral thing that went around the next day about the St. Louis? As many teams seem to to do now have some little kid who's very sick and it's their super fan. Did you see that whole thing? I, I glanced, I glanced at it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. So, so just to tell the kind listener very succinctly, they they had a a little girl who, and and it is a very rare disease. I, I think that the article I read said something akin to that only 15 children in the entire world have this disease. They're fighting to do it. The, the players had bonded with her, would take her to, to games and whatnot. Well, one of the players who absolutely adored her approaches the mom and says, I want her there at the championship game. They clear it with the doctor. And there's first off, there's footage of the mom going, hey, little girl, don't remember your name. If you could choose where you would be tonight to watch the game, where would it be? I don't know, mom, maybe here on our couch. Well, what if I said Boston? What? And so that already breaks your heart, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, then they show it because, you know, in in hockey, they skate the cup around above their head. They bring the little girl on the Mm. ice and the player that loves her skates it over to her. Oh, wow. And of course, she's too teeny tiny and also very sick. She can't hold that that cup. I think it's 30, 35 pounds. But he brings it down to her. And the tradition is you kiss the cup. Yeah. He brings it to her to let her kiss it. 
oh my god i'm in my cube at work just going to- <laughs> so yeah i followed that kind of stuff and god that's the humanity of sports that i love right there yeah. that's just so wonderful we need more of that i was you know i was a little i was pulling for toronto as well because i wanted you know them to win their first championship but when uh kevin durant hurt his ankle in game i think it was game five uh they were playing in toronto and a lot of the fans started cheering and you know, yeah. and, and, and that made that kind of ruined it a little bit for me. You know, I, I get it, folks. There are personalities in the sports world that you may not agree with, but we got to remember at the same time, they're, they're all just trying to make a living. They're all just trying to play their sport and be successful. Um, so that was, that was a little disappointing. Um, not to get into a political uh, state, but my bawling at the keyboard at work moment was watching John Stewart's address to Congress for 9 yes. 11 survivors to get more funding. Uh, being an argumentation and debate competitor and studying that in college, uh, I have to tell you, I've never seen a better argument with filled with passion, rage that was more articulately delivered and uh, just will be studied for years to come as far as just a way to deliver a message. Um, uh, kudos to, to him. And, and uh, yeah, I, by the end of that, I was I was. Uh, and of course, I'm in a storeroom with a bunch of technicians and stuff and they're like hey man you okay <laughs> no i'm not okay <laughs> no i agree with you do. i watched that too and I, I just thought man this is what when people complain about i don't want celebrities saying things all that that whole argument yeah yeah you do when they can say it this articulately and when it's that impassioned yeah. and and frankly yeah. needs to be said yeah 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 yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, and again here at the, here at the other kind of radio, we try really not we try really hard not to get into politics, but I, I, you made me think of it, and I think worth mentioning, and, and I encourage kind of listeners to go and and watch that video as it's it's very touching. All right, so today is Father's Day. Congratulations on being well, a father. Thank thank you for uh, congratulating me on something <laughs> that I did sixteen seventeen years ago. So. Better awesome. late than never. So, are you interested at all at the history of Father's Day? I know, I know. When in the pre-show, you said you thought it was a uh, hallmark invented holiday. You know, I that is my skepticism towards any holiday like this is that it seems very fabricated. So, right. Jeff, please tell me the history well, of Father's I'm, Day. <laughs> everybody, everybody's immediately falling asleep right now. Um, so, early history, and this is off Wikipedia, uh, the customary day for the celebration of fatherhood in Catholic Europe is known to date back to uh, at least 1508. It is observed on March 19th, uh, the feast day of St. Joseph. Uh, who is referred to as the fatherly, fatherly nurturer uh, Domini. So there you go. As far as the United States, Father's Day was not celebrated in the U.S. outside the Catholic traditions until the 20th century. As a civic celebration in the U.S., it was inaugurated in the early 20th century with a, uh, to complement Mother's Day by celebrating fathers and male parenting. So... Um, there were a couple of early attempts to establish Father's Day. In 1911, Jane Addams proposed a citywide Father's Day in celebration to be held in Chicago, but she got the big... And then in 1912, a Father's Day celebration was held in Vancouver, Washington, suggested by Methodist pastor J.J. Berenger. Um, they mistakenly believed that they had been, they had been the first to celebrate the day, 
the they followed a 1911 suggestion in the Portland Oregonian. So I don't even know what that means. Um, but they tried to get it going, which is good. You know, fathers need you know a little a little recognition as well. And then finally, June 19th, in 1910, Father's Day uh, celebration was held at the YMCA in Spokane, Washington. Uh, her father, the Civil War veteran William Jackson Smart, was a single parent who raised his six children. Wow. All that without Netflix and iPads. It's pretty amazing. So anyway, to all the fathers out there uh, who have already forgotten all the history that was presented, we're, we are the worst documentary uh, <laughs> podcast out there. Father's Day. And then, you know, at the end of it, you're like, well, what just happened? Um, but happy Father's Day. Um, I know that uh, you'll be doing some stuff. I'm going to call my dad after we're done recording this and um, go do something uh, fun for Father's Day. So there you go. Um. <laughs> you know, I still don't buy it that it's, you know, that it's a genuine thing. It just yeah. it, it may have been a genuine gesture at one point, but doesn't it just smack of, hey, we, we make greeting cards. Why don't we really push this Father's Day thing? Because then yeah. everybody has to buy one. There is no bigger beatdown for me than going to the grocery store or the, the car store and going, I have to stand next to all these people. Yeah. Reading forced sentiment. Yeah. My kid knows. In fact, last night we uh, we ran some errands and and I knew that she was doing what I used to do, which is the last minute uh, of course, card yeah. purchase. Of course, and I see her. She ducks it behind her back, but she also knows it better either be pretty funny, or it better not smack of the year the best dad ever. Because <laughs> I apparently am as good as the other four hundred people that are buying that exact same card. It is. I, I, it is Happy a, Father's Day to everybody, and there's my cynicism. Yeah, that's that. That's exactly it too. It's kind of a shared sentiment. I, the, uh, the handmade card, I think, is always the best, even if it's shortest. Agreed. Um, but yeah, and save a tree too as well. So um, <laughs> okay, let's make it about saving trees too. Yeah, like let's that. let's do that. All right, let's go ahead and get that uh, projector going, and uh, let's talk about uh, Todd's take on Todd. What's your take on this week? My take is on Rocket Man, the film that tells the story of Elton John's breakthrough years. Directed by Dexter Fletcher, starring Taryn Egerton, Jamie Bell, and Richard Madden. This is a film that fits right into the world of Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. This film succeeds where Bohemian Rhapsody failed. Ooh. Um, I think we discussed Bohemian Rhapsody, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that I was pretty blatant or, or blunt excuse me blunt about my disdain for bohemian rhapsody outside of the fact that it was a very nice little feel good oh I, I like queen too it just didn't dig into the character it didn't tell me anything about him when he became sick with aids it was just sort of like oh he's sick and he's dead what they do with rocket man and and i i really argue they probably should have done with bohemian rhapsody too you've got a, a performer that's as flamboyant as Freddie Mercury was at points in his career, they technically, they really turn it into a musical. So when we hear his songs, nice. they truly will walk around and sing. Now, if you don't know about this, 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 uh, let me think of that. I'm sorry. If you don't know Elton John's story, yeah, he is a fantastic performer, great musician, but he was not a lyricist. And he meets a man named Bernie Taupin mm. and they form a lifelong career where Bernie wrote the lyrics 
and he would also give he would often give uh, elton the lyric and elton would write the song around it nice and it really it's the story of brotherhood it really is those two those two men and how they went through life and all this but what it does that that rhapsody did not do is it really shows how the relationships an artist would have with a father and a strange i'm sorry strange father and his mother right can form who he is and not just not just what the lyrics say because obviously he didn't write them but what it is that he's needing to do because i do think at the heart of most performers is the need to be seen yeah you know i need to put myself out there i need you to maybe to an extent validate me and so by making it musical whereas though the the lyrics are coming from within it truly does emote and let the character address you've done this to me and here are the lyrics that that work at this point right it i've never been a huge elton john fan but it made me go oh wow listen to that lyric that really has something to say i thought it was an outstanding film the director dexter fletcher as a link to bohemian rhapsody is actually the director who stepped in to assume duties over bohemian rhapsody when brian singer was uh, fired Mm. so maybe some learning some learned learned lessons from that applied here yeah i i just wonder if you know if he had been brought in at the the start of bohemian rhapsody if he wouldn't have done something akin to what he did here i just thought it was outstanding look if you're going to be bothered by oh they're singing um well yeah they're singing you know then (laughs) you're looking at me right because i'm the i'm the anti-musical so (laughs) well i i really i thought it was very smart very well done taron egerton does his own singing and you know my daughter abby turned to me and said does he sound like elton john and i said you know surprisingly he does a few of the little things that you don't ever notice elton doesn't have one of those voices that makes you go i know him like freddie mercury but every singer is going to bring some quality right and he hits those moments and it's i think his performance is outstanding i i I really cannot recommend this film enough so my first question because i haven't seen it um for you is what was were there any examples of things that you learned about elton john whether it was his childhood or his career that you were not aware of before watching the film did they did they get into any of that absolutely you know one of the things that it touches on is is his relationship with his father Mm. um they show him when when elton's a young boy he's a military man he's very cold and distant and at one point just leaves and years later when elton is become has become elton john early in his career but he's a you know he's a phenom yeah he goes to see his father and his father's been remarried and has two other little boys and he sees him being affectionate to the boys Mm. and that kind of complexity it's simple complexity and when i say complexity from a filmmaking standpoint i'm not talking like this is somehow a complex scene it's the emotional complexity of the character we know that he's wanted his father's approval now he has these men where these young boys that are his children where he's lovingly stroking their head and we see just in the flick of an eye that i didn't get that right and then you know, of course, do, do they the, the, do they allude to why? I mean, was it because of his his uh, his being which you know, as far as being like heterosexual or homosexual, or was it just it just was? No, I, I yeah, they definitely allude to, and that's okay. a very key term to this. That I think that he, from what I gathered in those moments, what they're trying to say is he got Elton's mother pregnant felt forced to marry her at that time. That was what you did. He ended up in a loveless marriage, not where he wanted to be. And now he's moved on and found what he wanted. But of course, what does that do when we, 
when we move on like that yeah. and we just leave behind, what does it do to the people we leave behind? So you yeah. look at Elton and Elton then goes on, you know, you, you then begin to understand why Elton goes through the torture that he does where he admits to having self-loathing, being explosively angry, yeah. addicted to drugs. You begin to see, I, I've never resolved these parts of my life and I turn to and the anger is there. So then at the end of the film, uh, when we get to the Elton John tune, I'm still standing. Yeah. It becomes, I, I told my daughter, I said, yeah, I remember that song. I think it's a cute, fun little song. Never, ever thought of it of, hey, I've been through hell and back. Yeah. And I'm here. Now, they, they beautifully, lovingly recreate the music video from the 80s of that song. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a musical production of itself. So, yeah, there are, Jeff, there are definite times where you're understanding, where you're seeing, oh, look at, you know, the way his mother just almost overbearingly Right. led him and spoke to him right it's what for me in bohemian rhapsody that movie became here's how and why we wrote the song cool oh so a little behind the music and, kind of thing there yes and okay. it wasn't here's who the the artist and the person was right. and then the art became part of that here's and a, i think that's a stronger statement yeah it's not a, here's a 15 minute uh scene inside of a limo where you are basically guessing everybody's lines and why they're pissed off and mad like we did in bohemian rhapsody right the other thing i want to mention too just being an outsider not seen it yet i love how i'm not being beat over the head with uh you know the way bohemian did as far as the music and you know just on social media and everything and i, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but it's at least left some interest and hasn't beat me down so much where I don't want to see it. Um, yeah. Uh, so to the con listener out there is how much, how much would you recommend seeing it in the theater versus their, their homes? I'm afraid because of, you know, the, the break we had to take in recording this, that a lot of people are going to have missed it in the theater. Oh, I know that in, in Dallas. So in a bigger market, it's still there. Some okay. smaller markets, you may struggle. I look, I think this is well worthy of, of taking the time going and sitting in a nice theater with nice, nice prediction. Nice okay. All right. Well, well, I'm, I'm going to guess you're giving that a big, a big pass, uh, real quick. Some, some financials. Uh, I kind of, kind of think I want to start doing this. Uh, we should start doing this on the show. So the budget for the film was an estimated 40 mil, uh, opening weekend. They pulled in 25. The gross in the USA is 57. Cumulative, cumulative worldwide gross is 101 million. So they they're making their money back and I can I can also see it having uh, a pretty strong audience internationally. Um, and then the aftermarket with home video, yeah. I think it's going to be a big hit. And I was reading a thing where they said, look, this does not have to be a Bohemian Rhapsody smash to be a hit. And, and to continue this, let's turn to the 70s, 80s and, and make biopics of these famous right. stars. It, look, it's well worth it if you are like me or if you even somewhat think, I could sit there and love a musical. Mm -hmm. Watch this movie. I, I'm telling you, when they get to writing my song, which I then had to go in and actually look up, it was it relatively close to how they did it. And it is. Wow. And they say that it really is. It was written in his mother's house, the two of them just sort of bouncing ideas. Right. 
And that song is so iconic that you just begin to think, wow, that this is what I would rather see about how you wrote a song than a bunch of guys huddled around a microphone. How many times can we go, Galileo? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a cool thing and that's a great song, but there's nothing about right. why they did it. Tell me why Freddie was so obsessed and needed to, to show people that opera could be a part of rock and roll. That's a more interesting thing to do. Right. Then just, yeah, the, the mechanics behind it. Well, that's good. All right, let's go ahead and try and hit the right button. Good Lord. Um, yeah. All right, let's slow down the projector. Thank you, Todd, for Todd's take on. Uh, before we jump into Jeff's judgment, have you watched all of Chernobyl yet? I, Jeff, I'm going to be real honest with you. Someone asked me that yesterday. I have not yet watched it Because I, I, I know that we have a few uh, a few kind listeners out there that are interested in us talking about it. So we'll save that for a later date. But I have, and it is as incredible as um, as everybody's talking about because they're talking about True Detective um, and Breaking Bad numbers as far as people wow. that uh, are watching. So there's a, a lot going on behind that. Um, so I don't have again a particular sounder for uh, Jeff's judgment on. So welcome to Jeff's judgment. <laughs> And today I'm going to talk about a film that I watched uh, when I was uh, in uh, San Antonio and was waiting for my flight, and that is the new uh, film, uh, I Am Mother, brought to us by Netflix. Um, So I'll read the description, as I think we should start doing that as well, uh, because it'll do a better job describing it than I can. But here's the storyline. A teenage girl is raised underground by a kindly robot named Mother, designed to repopulate the Earth following the extinction of mankind. But their unique uh, unique bond is threatened when an inexplicable stranger arrives with alarming news. So, can we add inexplicable to the list of words that I can say on command, but if I try and read it... I'm going, oh, whoa, how do you say that? I will keep that running list inexplicable. Inexplicable, okay, okay yeah. Make sure uh, make sure we go ahead and, uh, yeah, type that up there. Um, so it's an interesting film, and I had a few people like, you should watch it, you'd like it. Um, they don't, doesn't look like they, okay, you can stop timing now. Okay, thank you, Jeff. Um, so it runs 113 minutes. They don't have any of the budget stuff on here. And the only reason why I say that it kind of comes into play. Um, so obviously this film, you know, the main character is a young girl and she's raised by this robot named Mother. Obviously it's um, explained early on by Mother that outside is bad, inside this super modern, I shouldn't say modern, super futuristic kind of compound, everything she needs is there. And um, Mother obviously is testing her and trying to raise her and and all these other things um so what did i like about mother well you know i'm 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 a i'm a sucker for sci-fi and the idea of you know something going on and outside being bad and trying to survive and then obviously you have the character played by hillary swank uh brought in who's from the outside and then there's a some um some t- tension uh, between staying with the robot or st- going with Hillary Swank outside and, and meeting, you know, others and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think the pacing is very well done in the beginning, but I think one of the things that I Am Mother suffers from is 
um, about two thirds in the way way into the film. Uh, again, it's uh, the uh, what was it that you said it was? You know, if you if there's a scene where a gun is flashed, you generally know that gun is going to be used. Uh, is it right. uh, just foreshadowing? I guess. I it, you know what? It, it, yeah, you can label it foreshadowing. It's simply film communication. Film communication. I like that. If better. you want to shoot somebody in the end, you got to tell me that there's a gun present. Right. And so this movie does a ton of film. Would you say film communication? I already forgot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that that'll work, Jeff. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. All right. Um, so they do a lot of that that communication where you know they kind of beat you over the head. Now remember, bad's you know outside's bad. Remember, robot mother is almost too kind and kind of creepy. So they spend all that time building it, and then two thirds in, when you're supposed to be at whatever point technically that you call the apex or turn or or reveal of the film, what happens becomes a little a little uh a little soft a little muted and not very strong as far as storytelling and i always feel awful giving critiques because i'm sure that anyone that worked on it could uh, <laughs> could ask me what i've done film wise and i wouldn't have an answer for him but i i just being an honest uh a reviewer uh that's kind of what i um felt there uh, it, you know and it wasn't like super disappointing or anything but i thought for sure that there were some elements there that could have uh, been played out or done a little differently. Um, I was talking to uh, my good buddy uh, uh, Chris, who was kind of talking to me about the fact that this seems to be a continuing thing in Netflix films and that they seem to be rather low budget, a lot of close-ups, and there's only one really big scene that's shot where you have like, you know, a large area covered, a wide shot. And his theory is that's how Netflix is kind of turning these movies out. And it, and it makes sense because it, 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 I mean, you have four characters in the entire film and uh, one of them's a, a robot. And so there isn't a lot there to, uh, to run that down. And there's no like sweeping uh, camera shots of countryside or anything else. So uh, once you see it, I'll be interested to see if those notes are hitting uh, the same as you. Um, even with its, you know, kind of blase ending. I am going to go ahead and give this a pass. I say check it out. If uh, if nothing else is on and you have watched all of your current shows and are looking for something to entertain you for, I think it's an hour and 12 minutes, um, it's worth checking out Netflix's I Am Mother. All right, and that ends uh, Jeff's Judgment On. Well, the kids are happy that you're done. Kids, right. kids, hey, listen, let Uncle Todd tell you a little bit. You got to be kind to Jeff. Right. Exactly. All right. And. Oh. It looks like uh, Center Stage is ring the doorbell. So let's move on to Center Stage where we're going to talk about E3. Uh, a number of things happening. One of which I'd like to start out with before we get into actual uh, reviews and everything. I don't know if you're aware, but did you hear what happened to the Twitch uh, streamer, Dr. Disrespect, at E3? No, I heard nothing about that. Okay, so are you familiar with Dr. Disrespect at all? No, I'm sorry, I'm not. Okay. That's, look, th this is you often throw me out there as being this knowledgeable <laughs> person about all these things. 
I like video games the way that you like movies. Well, so you are my leader in this. Right. Moment. And I, I, I'm kind of doing this on purpose because um, I want to get your reaction. Um, and, and there's no better reaction than somebody that, that has been uh, shielded from it. So while I'm telling you who Dr. Disrespect is, please do a search uh, for him. For the kind listener that is listening to this, Dr. Disrespect is a personality, a successful personality. He's not up there with Ninja, but he's probably pulling in close to 100 Gs a month from donations and subscriptions on Twitch. He's got a bit. It's a guy with a bit. And his bit is he wears a wig with a mullet. He wears some some sunglasses, wrap around sunglasses, and he's got a mustache. And his name is Doctor Disrespect. Um, his persona on Twitch is very very uh, very loud, uh, very opinionated, and very arrogant. So for those of us who who watch his channel, the the enjoyment of watching this guy is when he loses his his. Uh, and just starts, you know, uh, screaming and yelling at people. Um, but so, and he does, you know, ego things like if he has twenty thousand people watching him, he says it's twenty million. And so, you know, he he's just kind of this arrogant guy. Well, it comes out before E three that he's going to be doing an IRL in real life stream, which is basically where you see him followed with cameras and stuff. And he's going to be streaming live from the floor of E three now. The production portion of me really wants to see this because I know it's going to be a nightmare and it's pro it's probably not going to go well um, because both Todd and I know to do an in, in real life stream, an IRL stream, as a producer, you have to know, okay, this, this amount of time is going to be spent here, then we're going to move here, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to end on this. Well, they didn't seem to be doing that. It started with him in a restaurant walking across uh, towards Staples Center, um, and it was very disjointed and at times, for me, very difficult to watch because it was hitting all of my triggers as far as production and, and things not being done. Anyway, he continues into E3, and then, in a very surprising moment, streaming live to over 50,000 viewers, he goes into the men's restroom at E3, and his cameras follow him. He proceeds to go into a stall, and he pokes his head up. He's a very tall guy, so he pokes his head up a couple times and says stuff. But these cameras are free-roaming, and at one point, it looks like it captures uh, all from the back. We, there was no genitalia visible or anything like that but it did capture the backside of a little kid at the urinal and then you know they left and then they went back in the bathroom and then they came out again again no planning <laughs> and i know todd especially with the production experience you have that would be one thing where you'd be like no 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 you know cut cut uh-huh um so then it, he proceeds to, again, go through E3 in no particular manner. He's trying, you know, E3 exhibit floor. They've got some theaters set up. He tries to crash those and gets kicked out. Um, so I end my day, go get dinner, get back to the hotel room, kind of want to see where he's at now. Can't find his channel on Twitch. Can't find any mention of him anywhere other than the fact that he has now been banned from Twitch and, uh, and and they don't know how long, and uh, basically broke a California law, which uh, is set uh, or in place to prevent people from doing exactly what he did, which is the dumb thing of taking cameras 
into the bathroom. Um, as of now, his uh, account has been turned off, and I have not seen an update yet. I'm pro- presumably because there's some lawyers involved. But again, I, I've kind of sprung this on you because I'm interested to hear kind of like what your thoughts are. And then, you know, some are saying that this is being blown out of proportion. Others are saying that it, he's getting, you know, exactly what he deserves. Um, as we get into more and more of a me, 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 follow me as I go around everywhere I, I, I want to, I think this is going to be a pretty interesting uh, milestone as to what is appropriate and what isn't when it comes to streaming. Okay. So from the moment you began telling the story and I, I kind of heard where it was going to go and yeah. I knew what the problem was going to be. I did go look as you asked me to, and I saw that he had been banned. I knew that, but yeah. I thought I want to hear from Jeff. The moment you said they went into a bathroom, red flag. Yeah. Because again, as a producer, your job is to make sure that the creative person is able to do what they want to do creatively, but right. also you have to have your business hat on, which is how do we make money? Right. Are there rules and laws that keep us from doing this? Would it, we have any negative repercussions? I'm guaranteeing you it's not just the bathroom that's getting them in trouble, yeah. but having a child involved. Yes. That is the moment. That should have been, you know, th- there's a radio station here that, that I lovingly, that Jeff and I both know, will do the, okay, let's look for all the red flags. Yeah camera yeah. ding <laughs> walking around not knowing where we're going go into a bathroom children involved i mean at that point yeah. you're just looking going guys that's funny but let's also let's go look at the bylaws of uh, twitch and let's see do we have anything okay well they re- they reference this bylaw that's a bylaw yes. of something else look i my kid loves the personalities that are on YouTube and things yeah. like this. And that's great. It is an, it, it's a way to broadcast that we never thought of. Right. You got to think of it though, that it is now broadcasting. It's not yeah. just cutesy, clever. I'm putting it out there. So look, so sorry you got banned brother, but you know, you should have done your due diligence. I'm sorry. And it'll be really interesting to see when they come back. Cause one of the pitfalls of, of, Twitch is these guys are pulling in a lot of money, but even when they have to leave and go do events, they lose thousands and thousands of subscribers and it really cuts into what their, their take is. So being gone for 30 days, um, should be interesting to find out what happens. Uh, again, um, for E3, I think that was probably one of the lowest moments. Um, and I, I just, to all the the to listeners that we got to do IRL stuff, I please Todd and I plead you just just have a plan and stick to it. It's fun to be improv- improvisational. It's fun to be to appear to shoot from the hip, but you have to be really careful because um, I could tell that there were those that that were excited to see Doctor Disrespect, were excited to get a picture with him. But then there were also other attendees that were just trying to go to E3 that didn't want to be yelled at and didn't want to be a part of it. They just simply wanted to go and and get their groove on as far as uh, video games. So uh, it'll be interesting, and we'll keep you up to date on what happens with that. But let's let's go ahead and get into uh, E3. One of the biggest things I saw from the get-go that I thought was interesting is that... um, Oh, we should we should break it down. I'm sorry. E3 and and Todd, you can help me here if I leave anything out. E3 is an annual convention for all of the major players in the video game industry. It's kind of the I don't want to say it's the Oscars because it's not an award show, but it's a I don't know. Is it more like con as far as film? 
Sure. You know, you got all the film festivals that you yeah. can or Sundays, correlate yeah. to. CES. Yeah. You have that. If you know what CES is for the electronics world, this is nothing different than that. It's their chance to all get together and promote themselves for the coming year or year or two. Right. So for the super super gamers, geeks like me, um, you know, if there's a particular game line or something, you're, you're excited to watch it because uh, you're going to get some news about your console, software patches that are coming out, and, of course, new video games that you're going to be able to play. Um, so normally you've got the big three. You've got Nintendo, Sony, and, and Microsoft there. Interestingly enough, PlayStation didn't... Uh, hold kind of a, a, a session or a keynote uh, this year as they're holding out for another event that's coming up. So already E3's, I think, face had changed quite a bit not having their presence there because I always watched at least the Xbox and um, PlayStation as those are the kind of two giants. Nintendo's very, very big and, and does have a lot of people playing the Switch, but I'll have to be honest, the majority of their games are not much on my radar. Legend of Zelda, of course, is really, really cool, but Luigi's, you know, Mansion, Animal Crossing, Pokemon, just, you know, all those kind of fighting games really aren't with me. So, um, so that right off the bat, no, no PlayStation. So let's start with, with F Xbox, ooh, Xbox, Xbox, um, and you and I both saw that, um, and basically, what they do during this, and what I'm, they continue to get wrong, wrong. I think I talked about it last year. Is in these conferences, you basically have a bunch of filler people sitting around. You know, Microsoft or, or Sony or Nintendo have handpicked to be in the audience. So first of all, there's there's a, a lack of of. Um, um, being genuine there. So you got a bunch of fanboys. So anything that happens during this conference, this keynote presentation, everybody's going nuts over, which always drives me crazy. Yeah. The second thing is they generally will show a game trailer. Um, why? The, and rather than just having the game trailer for those of us watching at home up the entire time, they have a producer and they have their video switcher that will often cut to audience members watching the trailer, which I think is a grievous, horrible mistake. I don't want people's reaction to the trailer I'm watching. I want to see the trailer. So they play the trailer, everybody cheers, and then they say, ladies and gentlemen, the Southwest, the Southwest North Region VP of Marketing and Gameplay, you know, John Barrett, and he walks out, and it's very awkward, and he can't say anything, and he... Whatever he jokes he has planned uh, don't work. I mean, it's so bad that they're like, you know, I can't wait for this game to come out. I almost didn't have pants on when I came out to the stage. And then they'll stop. And then they'll do the thing where they raise the hands and, like, wave towards themselves. Like, come on, people, give me some feedback. So it's it's horribly done. Um, so at, at Microsoft continued to do a little bit of that. However, they did seem to be focused more on some game trailers um, for that system. Um, that's kind can, of my, can, go can ahead. Can I interject something yeah, 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 right there with yeah, all yeah, this? Go right ahead. So I, I thought that too. And I, I often think it's no different than when film does the, you know, to, to an extent, when film does these kind of things, they do the, the theater owners type thing and they bring them in to pump up yeah. the films. Yeah. You'll get some executive and this new star Wars film. Oh, shut up. We all know star Wars <laughs> is going to make $6 billion. <laughs> you know, I don't need all that kind of stuff. What I thought and and I'm going to jump ahead to and we'll, we'll touch it, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the Keanu Reeves appearance yes. at, at, at this is is very much what a lot of people are talking about. And what I thought was, why not have him be your host? Yes. And come out and interview these. Hey, now, hey, guys, now we got this guy. Let's bring yeah. him out. Because you're right about the introduction. I kept thinking, as they would say, head of marketing research and development over the so-and-so something in Jabal. And it would yeah. go on. I thought, okay, here, I'm going to put my producer's hat on again. Cut that line from the script because every word there is a further separation of people going, oh, I don't give a crap. Right. And name key them. And yes. what if you don't know what name keying is, it's when you put the what's called a lower third and it'll mm -hmm. say Todd Hartzell and your title below right. it. No one cares. Yeah, nobody that's cares. that's still a way to acknowledge, oh, yeah. that's why they have the authority to tell me what they're telling right. that, that person. How about from Dallas, Texas, uh, you know, 15-year video game uh, player, yeah. Todd Hartzell. I mean, get some fan, some fan stuff in there where they can say what they're um, – they're really excited about. And yes, I have some thoughts on Keanu Reeves being there. So real quick, um, Microsoft introduced uh, a number of games. I'll run through just kind of a real quick list here. But I'm really interested, first of all, um, in hearing your <laughs> your opinion. Did you see that the Xbox is going to have a video game called Blair Witch coming out? I did. And look, I'm a sucker for that film. Really? I admit that I saw it way early on, you know, when it was... the. For those that don't know, Blair Witch wasn't just this phenom that, that started this whole thing called the lost footage films, but it really was one of the first viral marketed films ever, right. where if you were a film nerd like me, you're reading on these websites, have you heard about this thing where they found this footage? And they really tried to make it that real. Now, we all saw through it, but at the same time, it was brilliant marketing. So when they brought it in, I was like, okay, I'm going to play that, and I'm going to probably scream and cry while oh, I play good. it, but I, I love it. That's great, and I'm so glad to talk to you about that because I, my first thing was like, I was like, what? Talk about the ping on that. I mean, that... <laughs> It is about about fifteen years too late, but at the same time, I was pretty excited about right. it. Right, play as the richest man with power over newspapers around the globe. Well, Rosebud Wait. coming to Xbox. You know, it's like oh, what they, they're making that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if example. I can be Charles Foster Kane, hell exactly, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Bad example. But anyway, I agree with you. I think it's a great nod. And who knows? The people that are that are producing and putting this game out or had the idea to do it, they may have been begging and pleading for people for tens tens of years, you know, saying, please can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? And now, you know, they're finding a way to do it. I will more that movie right there, uh, or excuse me, that game right there will be what I will defer to from now on is a Twitch game i will watch somebody play it i don't know if i'll purchase okay. it myself um halo infinite that's new halo game coming out um it's gonna come out in 2020 so we've got a long time to worry about it i'm excited about it i've played all the halo games so uh was excited to see that announcement you bring up a, an interesting point right away with that's basically at least a year and a half away from when it launches <laughs> now look i think that it's a it's not even I, I'm not going to give the superlative a brilliant. It's simply it needed to be done where yeah. you're going to launch a new console, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yes. But you're going to bring a headline game to it, which they did not do with the release of Xbox One when it yeah. came out all those years ago. They simply put it out there and didn't give anyone any reason to make it an urgent purchase by including Halo. Right. So I'm glad to see Halo. Look, I'm I'm the biggest nerd when it comes to the sticky grenades in, in Halo, and I can't yeah. wait to get my sticky grenade going on. But, <laughs> you know, I, that one, I'll be honest with you, I was a little underwhelmed by that one. I was like, hey, look, okay, well, uh, it's just another Halo game. Yeah. 
Yeah, there, there. That is well, well. That game launched the Xbox, so um, it, they are kind of dipping into that bucket uh, quite a bit. Um, Star Wars, another Star, Lego Star Wars game. I tell you what, I can't play those games because of my OCD and the fact that I don't get all nine hundred and ninety-five. <laughs> coins on the level it always makes me feel like i'm not worth my weight in gaming um battletoads is making a reappearance which uh for those uh, kind listeners who have been around as long as todd and i have there once was a console called the nintendo entertainment system and it was uh that game battletoads which was nearly impossible to win but i spent many frustrating hours trying to play uh early on um uh, flight simulator they that, that was supposed to be a big reveal uh okay i mean i it, I, pre- I geeked out over that i have to admit did that you? yeah because all i could think and this is where you know go ahead and queue up the i'm snobby and i have money music <laughs> but i thought you know with my big projector in there um man i can't wait Ooh. because i didn't tell you i actually upgraded the projector to a 4k projector recently Ooh. and a laser no less right no, it's not okay. a laser. Okay. Unfortunately, I looked at that and was like, okay, that's beyond my means. But I that one, I thought, boy, that will be pretty sweet to sit in the theater and play. We don't we don't need to let the kind listener know that. Let's rewind. Yeah, laser, that's cool. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great technology. Congratulations on that. You know, now that you mention it being on a big screen, that would be interesting. And we do have a friend, a mutual friend, Sweet Pablo, uh, who, you know, plays these games. And he'll sit at the computer and and actually in real time for the flight from I think he did JFK to LAX one time. Wow. Yeah. And he'll sit there and actually sit there and, and do it. And and for me and as much flying as I do, the last thing I want to <laughs> do is some commercial flying. But good point. On the big screen, I bet it would look great. And um uh, well, I'm sure I'll crash the thing. I'm gonna tell you right now, because I am the worst pilot that's ever played video games. Right. Uh, another interesting one that I saw, which I thought, you know, if you're if you're going to do this, at least be blatant about it. And it was very blatant, which is Minecraft Dungeons, which is basically Diablo, but through Minecraft. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, again, uh, 12 Minutes looked interesting. That's an independent game that's actually shot from above. And basically, uh, you have 12 minutes to play um, a certain scene in a movie, or excuse me, a certain scene in the game, and then you die, and you learn from how you died so that the next time you make it past the 12 minutes and then further and further into the game, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, you know, Forza Horizon 4 is coming out. I, I'm not really interested in that game. I'm not a big racing game. Um, so that, w- that was kind of it, other than... Uh, Microsoft letting us know, letting uh, Todd and I and every other uh, Xbox gaming fan that yet there is another console on the way, Project Scarlet. They come out with them every so often. Now, Microsoft has done a gamer real solid by making their games backwards compatible, which is nice because not only will um, the games that I own now play on the new console, but the controller I have will work on the new console as well. Project Scarlet, new Xbox, supposed to be super, super awesome. Your thoughts? Uh, my thought was, damn, I just bought a new 4K projector, and now they're going to go up to 8K. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Microsoft. I, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I am such a tech geek that I want those kind of things. I love the interactivity of it. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I find myself 
when they talk about the guts of it, and I'm technical enough to understand when they talk about the processors and the things that they can do mm -hmm. and the solid state technology, I understand it. I don't get excited by it. Um, I This may be so old school of me. I want to see it. And yeah. when they didn't yeah. even give me a mock-up of it, yeah, I kind of thought, oh, okay, I don't care. Now it's nothing more than... Um, hey, we're making it's, it's 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 like somebody said we're making a movie. Okay, what's it about? We're making a movie. Yeah, we're making a movie. It's a it's, movie. You know the the big thing out of that, and it was a game that you skipped over, was the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Oh game. yeah, that's not even listed on here. You're very good job. Yes, that 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 one that at least got me excited. I've always thought that uh, a Star Wars game where a Jedi Knight has all these powers, but somehow has to be secretive about it. That's literally been in my mind. I wish they'd explore it. However, the one thing I'm begging somebody for the I'm just telling you for Star Wars video games, please make a Red Dead Redemption type open world. Yes. Star Wars game where you can do this and you can travel on. That's half the spirit of those movies. It's, you know, their original MMO, which I just donated to Goodwill, uh, which came out years ago, tried to do that and mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately didn't didn't do very well. Um, but yes, I would like that kind of um, RPG where you get to pick a character and go through and go to different planets and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that that uh, that's coming out from EA uh, and, and will be available on all the consoles and PC uh, available. It's, you know, it's a single-play game. It's very linear. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'll enjoy playing it. Um, but, I, I, you know, you go back to the original TIE Fighter that was that that came out and and just as a flight simulator, that that was awesome. I'm just more and more kind of perplexed as to why we haven't um, had more of those games come out. It was so fun to go on those missions and jump around in hyperspace and and, you know, be in a battle and stuff like that. And I don't know if it's the movies coming out and they're trying hard to time to the current characters that are in the game. But to those developers that are listening, some of us don't need to run into Luke Skywalker. Some of us are happy just kind of being our own character and just existing within that universe. Absolutely. It's such a rich sandbox for you to dive into that the idea that you're not making something that would be, hey, I'm doing a mission, but oh, I need to go to another world. Let me get in something, go to hyperspace, go to that world again. When the first Star Wars came out, that moment when they blasted off the Millennium Falcon and we solved the from internally what hyperspace yeah. is like yeah. was a wow moment yeah bring it to the video game world i sure i'm gonna enjoy using my force powers beating up people yeah. but that game smacks of a game that i will play and never play again yes once i'm done yeah once you're done once you know the story um so we can go in since playstation wasn't there we can go into nintendo that way we kind of follow the the uh the big three um again there's a new legend of zelda breath of the wild 2 um, coming out, Luigi's Mansion 3, Animal Crossing, which I watched a little bit of that made me want to bang my head against the wall, um, Super Mario Maker 2, and, and some other stuff, Dragon Quest and everything. And unfortunately, I'm just I'm not um, very interested in that. They did mention uh, some new Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6 coming out, so I'm, I, I like those games. But really, overall, um, not very interested. Nintendo's, uh, what I did see of Nintendo's uh, presentation, they did try and do a little more of a talk show environment. Um, but really, it was it was really tough for me to keep focused and listen to. Um, 
this particular presentation just because it was uh, so much conversation. Uh, and again, I think that if they want to save themselves a lot of money, and maybe this is what PlayStation and Sony were doing, just show trailers. And I know that you could just release it online, but there's got to be a way and an idea of, of sharing that and making it an event that doesn't follow that same old formula of trailer, discussion, awkward, trailer, and you know so forth and so on um any thoughts on nintendo did you see any of their stuff anything you're interested in i didn't because they don't hit my radar yeah. i don't own one i'm kind of like eh, it doesn't really affect me yeah other than that you know you might tell me things about it sure. so i i didn't pay attention and that is where i fall really guilty at at, at e3 is that if i don't own you i'm not going to listen well when we and the other kind listener get big enough um maybe we'll go i'd love to go to e3 you have, Ooh, to, I would you have to be invited yes. maybe they'll give us some press passes one year and we can go in there and, and do that because I, I would lose my mind I, people would see me just freaking out and <laughs> you know, freaking out because of all the fake screaming for products or freaking out because you'd be so excited it's so excited freaking out over the just you know oh look at this oh look at this and, and you know i'd just be bouncing around but i want to make a promise to the kind listener and uh, we just celebrated our uh, 8,000th listen recently, so thank you for all of your support. Todd and I solemnly swear not to go into, take you take the kind listener in the podcast into the bathroom with us. We, we promise we promise to do that. All right, so we'll go to the kind of the big developers and kind of go through their list. So we got EA, who overall is kind of, mm, who are they? They're kind of like the Patriots. Um, yeah. They've got the AAA labels. They've got, I don't know if the Patriots are right, because that's a sports team. They're kind of the, I don't know, the McDonald's, the American Airlines. They're the biggest and, and the baddest, but they also... They're Mac. They're, they're Apple. Yeah. There you go. The $9,000 uh, monitor stand, which we didn't even touch yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it, uh, hello, sheep. Here, here's something new for you to buy. Oh, that's the best hand yeah, ever. Give yeah. me a break. Six thousand, six thousand dollars for a computer. Um, so um, EA, they're, um, they're yeah, kind of seem like the big bad wolf. They they produce a lot of good games, but they have done some real questionable things as far as loot boxes and just kind of hitting you at the end for additional money for a game that you paid for and expect to be one hundred percent. Uh, as Todd mentioned, they've got Star Wars uh, Fallen Order, Apex Legends Season 2, which I thought was interesting. It's not often that a Battle Royale uh, season gets its own trailer and intro. I, I thought that was kind of dumb. Uh, Battlefield 5, Chapter 4, zero interest um, in that. I don't know if you play Battlefield, I, you know, eh um fifa 20 like fifa haven't played in a while and then they're talking about madden 20 uh coming out and those games again those are fifa and madden and some of those titles you just you know you have to you know buy them every year so that you have the right um rosters and rules and i think i think at all madden should just fall to more of the battle royale and sell seasons and just keep the game the same and instead of charging everybody 60 bucks for a new game every year, you know, do seasons for whatever amount that would be fair. And that would update the rosters and all that other good stuff. Now, EA holds a, a, a place for me that I do play enough FIFA, enough hockey. Oh, okay. I play Madden as much as I used to. Well, you got to um, really know like offenses now. Back in the day, it was like, I'm going to throw it and I'm going to run it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Now you have to call so, specific details. Sorry, go ahead. So I purchased the EA Vault uh, membership, oh. which allows you, you get every game that they ever purchased that they want to put in what they call their vault. Now here's the kicker. You don't get this year's game, ah. but when they release the new game, Oh. They released last year's game to the vault. So for me, I'm getting a new game every year. That's smart. And I, I'm just a year behind. So it's still new to me. So, I, yeah, I don't pay. It's a, I think that's a $50 a year subscription. Mm-hmm. And it started hitting me. They're like, okay, which game am I going to buy this year? I'll buy hockey. Oh, wait. Yeah. If I wait and I just pay 50 bucks, now I get the Battlefield Five release. I get uh, Mass Effect. I get all these games. Yeah. It's the way to go for somebody like me that's going to pay that Uber uh, smart. company money. That's smart. Um, well, let wow, us. You tell me I'm smart. Thank you. Jeff. <laughs> no, that's that's stop it. Um, okay, so we'll get to probably what was the defining moment in E3 that blew up hugely uh, and was all over all the headlines, which was CD Projekt Red has a new game coming out. It's called Cyberpunk 2077. I think a lot of people are really interested in this. is the same group that brought us The Witcher, um, which is an RPG and has done very well. I think people are so excited about this game because it's just something different, right? Um, one of the one of the negative effects of everything being tied to a movie, being tied to a comic, being tied to pop culture, is you know not all of us want to be Spider Man and zip around. Not all all of us want to be the Avengers. You know, sometimes we want to be taken on an adventure that is unknown. Um, so I think that's one reason why Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is going to be big. It's going to be an RPG and um, very, very strongly story-driven with um, multiple outcomes based on your decisions that you make in-game. To announce the game, CD Projekt Red uh, kept it very, very quiet. It was a surprise to me when I saw it. And they showed the, uh, they either showed the trailer or just hinted at it. And then out from a bank of heavy fog walks the one and only the super popular and always loved Keanu Reeves um, to everybody's happiness and applause. He uh, then read from some cue cards and then introed the game. Uh, how did you see it live or did you see it uh, after it, it had happened? Uh, after it had happened, but that same day they had posted yeah. the archive <clears throat> up there and I, so a few hours later. So it's such a, such a good choice and he's actually in the game. So uh, right. yeah. Good tie there. So I find him to be a celebrity that I can actually truly appreciate because you hear such good things about, you know, he takes, if he makes 20 million bucks, he keeps two, but he says that'll sustain me for until I find the next project. And then he gives the other 18 to a charity, something. So he's a great human being. He's a horrible uh, uh, pitch person (laughs) because he gets out there and, and I get that, man, I'd love to hang out with dude because he seems so laid back and cool. But you don't want laid back and cool when he comes and goes, hey, everybody. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, that yeah, put my producer's hat back on, please. OK, get, let's move on. Let's get him off the stage. Come on. Yes. yes. They did this oh. a similar thing, I think, in. Um, was it is it? No, it's not Bethesda. I think it's Ubisoft. Yeah. Ubisoft has a new Ghost Recon movie coming out and they had the guy that was that played the Punisher. Uh, on Netflix's uh, oh, series, Berenthal or something. Yeah, like that. he came out with his dog, and his dog laid by him, and then he had to read a bunch of stuff. And here's the thing, uh, folks, uh, right in line with what Todd's talking about: actors are actors because actors get it's a thing called a script, 
and they get the script early on, and then they get this thing called direction, and then they memorize, and then they work on these scenes repeatedly until it's right. You can't take somebody like Keanu Reeves and the gentleman that played the, um, the Punisher and have them read something because it's disjointed and janky. I don't even know if that's a real world. I hope it's not something I needed to... But it comes at dis dysfunctional, disjointed. Um, and that's kind of what I saw on these two as well. I was more more focused on the fact that they c couldn't really deliver it the way they wanted. And they tried. He tried to do like the, you know, in Ghost Recon, it's you or death. And it just looks weird when it's a guy standing on stage with a dog. I don't understand the dog. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they even let him on there. But you know, you're absolutely right about that, Jeff. I, th it's such a forced moment of hey, let's bring the star out there again. Why not have that in an interview situation? And and you so astutely pointed out something. These celebrities are not the kind of person that can just take a moment and lead it through. You've got all these personalities. Look, you want to bemoan how much you hate American Idol? Great. But I'm going to tell you the key to that show yeah. is Ryan Seacrest because he's one of those people that knows, hey, let's do this. And he yep. knows how to lead it. And he's he's engaging with people. You may want to punch him in the face. <laughs> yet watch watch his skill when it's how do I get you from here to there? That right. is a true skill. And they need to start finding people like that that can host these things to right. make them engaging. Right. Um, and I did look it up. Uh, janky is slang of poor quality. Oh, odd. Oh, man, that's a janky setup as in like a computer setup. So I didn't. Uh, and there is your on. word, word of for the, the day. day. I don't know if I bring that back. I'm afraid that it's urban dictionary is taking it to mean something else. So, um, all right. So that, that was the big amount, uh, announcement from CJ project red. Um, Bethesda came out again. They had a paid audience and Bethesda has had a horrible year. Um, a lot of mess ups with Fallout 76 and all the expectation that was there. So they're still trying to pick up from that. Uh, in addition to that, Bethesda sold some packages with a video game with collector's items of over $100 a piece that were cheap and made of plastic and not what was promised online. Oops. Yeah. You know, okay, let's, let's talk about companies. Who in that company has not been fired? I mean, how do you run that kind of thing and have that poor of a performance across things and do something like that? I don't, yeah. I don't understand. And they were, you know, they brought a Skyrim, one of the greatest games ever out there, and to, to, and were known for their commitment to the gamer. And the way they tried to combat this in their their conference was they would enter in between trailers and and the Southwest New Mexican regional manager of client development being introduced they had little video clips of you know i'm a gamer and i remember playing this game and my favorite moment was this so it was kind of interesting um we've got another wolfenstein that's coming out we've got uh ghost wire which again looks like another combat game doom eternals coming out and so bethesda i mean they tried um but we're in a difficult spot to do that i i think they should have come out and immediately just started addressing all the things that happened and apologizing and then uh, thanking all the people for spending all the money that they did. Um, Square Enix came out. That's Final Fantasy, Fan, Final Fantasy, Fantasy 7. Calm down. You're going to be all right, Jeff? Let me check on you real quick here. Okay. You're all right. 
Um, so Final Fantasy is like been around for a long time. It's a huge following, very loyal. I've played a couple of their games. It's an RPG role playing game that gets really deep. Um, and I haven't touched it in a while, so that's not anywhere on my radar. Are you? Are you a Final Fantasy fan? No, that's just not my thing, and I, I, I just I didn't ever understand it. I'll be quite honest. Right. Um. So I didn't see that uh, that particular conference so uh, uh feel free to check it out on your own um then then on to what i thought was the absolute worst um presentation conference that was out there was ubisoft um on a scale from one to ten i'd give it a two if at all and then two goes to the uh, punisher guy coming out and telling us about the game it was exactly what you don't want uh in a conference their opening shot was of the stage with Assassin's Creed footage in, playing on the uh, LED wall and a small orchestra set up on stage playing music. So I'm going like, cool. So rather than have somebody come out and talk your ear off about the game, they're just going to have live music and then show us the trailer for the new game. That's a big... No, what it was, Ubisoft felt that the most important thing that they could tell everybody was that... Ubisoft has an orchestra which is traveling around to movie theaters across the country and playing the soundtrack from the game while you watch clips of the game. What? <laughs> so you, seriously? Yeah, that's exact that's exactly it. They're going to all these theaters and you can watch, you know, clips from the game and this orchestra will play. Now, again, me being the apologetic person I am, good for those cats that got that gig cuz those are, you know, independent you know, struggling you know musicians that need a buck. So good, take them for everything they can. Um, I don't know how much I would pay to go to a theater to listen to Assassin's Creed. There are people that go and watch ET, the soundtrack from ET, and Star Wars and Jaws and everything. I get it. That's there is, and you do it in a in a regular orchestra setting where you get the acoustics right, and they just have a small screen that are playing scenes from the movie. That's fine. So this seems a little backwards to me, but again video game conference and i haven't heard anybody yelling about you know what we need is we need you know to be able to listen to the soundtrack of assassin's creed and watch them play live in front of us um so right off the bat what i thought was going to be cool kind of really took it down then then they fumbled through the division they you know literally had you know ladies and gentlemen the janitor from our home office, you know, it, 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 nothing against janitors, but I mean, it was just people we didn't know and didn't care about telling us things that didn't even make any sense. So, um, mainly, and I'll shut up after this and we, I want to hear Todd's take, um, watchdogs, uh, they're coming out with a new watchdogs game. That demo, how, guess how long that demo went? 15 minutes, 45 minutes. Oh my God! And it was just Are you kidding me. It was just footage of the game, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm just going like, "Okay, I get it, I get it," but I don't need to see a playthrough of it. You know, it was it was really horrible. Anyway, I I have often thought in those play, you know, those uh, here's live demo. I do think that, that can be very engaging and very exciting. Um, those thing those need to be kept very brief. It one of my complaints going back to the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order of tomorrow or whatever it was called. Yeah. Is that all it was? Yes, it's game engine rendered footage, but it was very little of actual gameplay. And I want to see the gameplay. Keep those things to a minimum because after a while it becomes 
oh, look, we're watching this guy run for 20 minutes. It, yeah. it, I hate that kind of crap. Um, yeah. I, going back to the, the orchestras and theaters, I can't help but sit there and get befuddled by this because you also know that if they're going to do that, there was some market research of, is this feasible? Will we recap the money that we're going to take? Because it, right. it's an advertising thing. That's yes. all that is, yep. is we have to keep our name out there. We're doing things. It's a market awareness. So they re- they went and said, we have to rent the movie theater. Mm-hmm. We have to probably pay for the staff of the movie theater for a special thing. We have to pay for the, the, the performers to perform the music. There are 300 seats in a given movie theater. Are we going to get at least 1%? Or are we going to have three people listening to it? Somewhere along the way, they went and said, we think we can get it. I just don't see how you're going to recoup your money. And maybe it is a lost leader form, but that is one of the weirdest things i've ever heard yeah um well here i'm on their page due to unforeseen scheduling issues the assassin's creed symphony los angeles show planned for june 11th at 2019 at 8 p.m in the dolby theater has been rescheduled for november 10th Woof. oh in other words they didn't sell any tickets <laughs> so they pushed it out to sell more tickets i guarantee you that's what that really means because they would not push it when were they expecting to do it the first time right um july 11th yeah, you excuse don't me, push June it. 11th, June 11th, I apologize. You, so six months, essentially. Yeah. You don't push something that far unless you're having a hard time getting tickets sold. It's just such an interesting decision. Somebody making a lot of money did that. And I get it. And again, like I said, for the for the musicians that, are, that got the gig and are getting Absolutely. the money, rock on with you, brothers and sisters. But <laughs> hey, man, I mean, maybe we should start renting out movie theaters and the other kind right now. That's... That would, that would be that okay would be. how many people would we have in the audience <laughs> three out of 300 right that'd be good we could just sell just a couple tickets would be good um it, so it would be your mother my mother yes and somebody God, if, and if somebody that got lost audience, she would she would keep interrupt us every five seconds what is a podcast right i love you mom and and somebody that would get lost like is this the men's room what no? Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, there's not much more I have on E3. Uh, I, I, my final thoughts before we get to Todd's is just you know again, uh, it's easy to be on the sideline. It's easy to play the armchair quarterback. But I just think year after year we're doing the same thing. And 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 tip of the cap to Sony if that's what they decided to do in pulling PlayStation out. Um, they spend a ton of money doing these productions. And the AV, just the AV alone that I've noticed with all the LED walls, is very expensive. Um, you know, it would be, it would, I'll tell you the first gaming, uh, company and or, uh, manufacturer, the big three that come up with a new way of doing it to really take it off, uh, the rails that it's currently on will probably gain a lot of respect and, um, users just for that. Cause we're tired of just watching trailers and then people that we have no idea who they are. Um, overall, uh, again, E3 is something that, that is, is enjoyable for me i just think it's getting a little bit uh it's that uh, tuna salad sandwich that you've had for for the last four days and you're ready for a change todd you know my final take is that and it's something you hit on a couple of times which are look these opinions of uh, of ours are educated to the extent that we participate in movies and games but i did as i was trying to catch up to what jeff was telling me i went around and read articles and i would see people that I'm so tired of seeing these articles written like this where it's Microsoft misses an opportunity to squash PlayStation. What? And yeah, right. the PlayStation's not there. They should have gone for the, the death blow. Oh, 
<laughs> please, please shut up. Please shut up. You know, this is this is advertising. This is all it is. Yeah. Here's what we've got coming. Yeah, it's meant to gear you up and get you going. Uh, it got me excited. You know what? I'm going to buy a new uh, new Xbox. I'm going to buy a few games. Um, I'm actually kind of disappointed in myself that I haven't watched the the Ubisoft at least trailers. I didn't get around to watching this, so I'll at least go yeah. out and try to watch it. But I will stay away from the 45 minutes of, of yes. footage. Yeah, yeah, don't don't watch that. Um, yeah, I read an article. I think it was yesterday or something about the benefits of being, um, you know, 45 plus in years and being a gamer. And that is, you, it said uh, you can finally afford a new console when it comes out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought that same thing. I thought, oh, I remember when the first Xbox came out. I'm begging my wife, hey, do you mind if I spend this money and go wait in line for like three days to get this thing? Now it's not. You don't have to wait any longer. Right. You just go pick it up and you buy it. Right. And and it, now I know I need to start tucking some money away so that when it comes out, it'll be it won't be such a yep. big you know. And and so thank you, Microsoft, for letting us know. And the, and the PlayStation hasn't announced its specs yet, but they're supposed to be pretty good as well. All I right. imagine that, you know, I, I, from now on, is it really going to be that big of a difference between the two? I don't They're think so. They're going to have to be pretty much in line with each other. Well, and, you know, we didn't talk much about um, uh, Google's new thing, and they actually really didn't have a big play at E3. But, you know, their problem is it's going to eat up a lot of bandwidth. And I do see, I do see a point in which um, a utopia, if you will, in which PlayStation and Xbox start working with game developers and just either start using the same code or whatever so that uh, it can be cross-platform friendly, which I think is the biggest big, biggest thing out there. Please make that happen. Please stop with the exclusives towards yeah. platforms. I, I, God, I want to play games and I don't want to have to buy two platforms to play them. Yeah, I, I, it's like people are like, oh, they're like, what's, what's one of your favorite games? Go, oh, hands down, The Last of Us. Oh, can I get that on Xbox? No, you can't. It's only on on PlayStation and I would love for other people to be able to play that game. And it's, I think it's just, uh, hopefully we'll be moving out of that light. That's the exact game when I'm, I'm talking about, yeah. I've never played that game because I just don't want to have two gaming systems. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, folks. Uh, that's going to do it. We're gonna, the other hour and 17 minutes. We're going to cut it a little short today the other because we have uh we got father's day stuff to do so uh the other kind of on behalf of todd myself thank you for joining us thank you for allowing us to hit that eight thousand mark it's gonna be great we will be back next sunday um and then we'll have a week where we'll be out because i'll be on vacation but that's tentative i need to talk to todd about that todd thanks so much for joining us i hope you have a good week the other kind you too my friend all right happy father's day Thanks for listening. We are The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio.